This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back for another episode of The Law School Show. Today, we have a wonderful interview in store for you. We interviewed Mr. Jay Kellerman. He is the managing partner at Steichman Elliott's Toronto office. In this interview, we covered a lot of ground. We spoke about Jay's morning routine, what it means to be a great leader, why it's important to follow your passions, and also Jay's journey from his first day of articling to becoming a managing partner at Steichman Elliott. We covered all of that and a whole lot more. It was a very insightful interview, and I can't wait for all of you to listen to it. But before that, just know that you can reach us via email at info at thelawschoolshow.com if you have any ideas that you would like to share with us or any individuals that you would like us to interview. Please feel free to send us an email. Also, you can listen to us right from our website at thelawschoolshow.com via Stitcher or via iTunes. Please leave reviews because they make a whole lot of difference. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Mr. Jay Kellerman. Welcome to the show, Jay. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Well, thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Let's jump right into it. So everybody has heard the term managing partner. So what does a managing partner actually do, and how would you describe your current role at Steichman Elliott? Uh, it, it's a great question, and I think every firm in, in their own governance approaches it a little differently as to what the, the job description and role is of a managing partner. Uh, here I'd say uh, when, when, I, uh, when I took over from uh, Rod Barrett, who had done this job in, in an incredible fashion for over 10 years, his, his parting words to me were, Jay, go and lead. Yeah. Don't manage. And so I've taken that to heart with everything. It could be perhaps leading partner, not that I would be uh, kind of a, a leader uh, out in front of everyone as opposed to, in the true sense of the word, leading the way and showing the path and, 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 and being strategic. So, so I try to bring that to everything I do. And the other, the other piece, again, every firm being different, we have an incredible... Uh, resource of, of human capital here of professional managers who who truly do manage the firm and do a very good job at it, mm-hmm. which leaves me more time one to indeed lead yeah. uh, and also to continue to practice law uh, as is expected of me. So, what part of your practice now would you say is actually practicing law versus? business development sure. and reaching out. It's to- a good question. And it, and it varies from, from month to month, from year to year. Okay. Uh, the expectations of, of, of our partners going into this, that it would be notionally a 50, 50 split of managing duties and practicing law. And within the practicing is all of the, uh, everything we expect of our partners, including, uh, I- including business development yeah. in addition to sitting at, at your desk uh, and working on the files, and sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it's less than that. Yeah. And uh, uh, again, all depends from from month to month and and the time the time in the calendar. That's fair. Uh, you you also bring up a very good point about leadership, and this is something that you know when students are 
going through law school or even long, young lawyers, uh, we think about leadership and we, we look at good leaders out in the field. So according to you, what would you say are qualities that a good leader needs to have? And what are some things some people can do early on in their life to set themselves up for success in that regard? Another great question. I, I'm, let me answer this way. When, when I was a, when I was a, a, a kid, I had the privilege of going to a summer camp. Okay. And and the theme of that summer camp, uh, uh, which I'll tell you in a moment, um, was based on leadership. And and I as I've said often, somewhat jokingly, but with some a note of seriousness in it, that what I needed to know to run and manage a successful law firm, I learned as a camper at summer camp. Really. And and the theme behind the summer camp, a camp called Camp Solalim, was was simply leadership by example. Okay. And and I am a big believer that of all of the different traits of one uh, that one can can put in the leadership bucket, a leader is, a leader should be, a leader needs to lead by example. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the practice of law, it's as as we talk here, a first and foremost being a great lawyer. Mm-hmm of having the ability to uh, work hard and to serve clients and to think about clients to, and just coming from a meeting with a long-standing client, uh, he, he, he commented that the thing that he has always seen uh, in, in Steichman Elliott lawyers is, is, is the notions of trust and that we care about clients. Yeah. So it's to lead by example in all of those things and to be, a mentor uh, to people uh, at all aspects of of careers. Well, that's fair. So you're saying that as a young lawyer, the one of the key things that you need to do is really get good at your own art before you can become a good leader. It, 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 it's it's a necessity. Uh, I keep a little uh, uh, black book, which I've so, shown a number of people over the years. The original, my original BlackBerry, as I call it, which is a black. Uh, uh, address book, which I used to complete in pencil, and yeah. so I could erase it, erase it uh, easily when people move jobs. And at the back of that, I had a uh, um, some notes to myself as a as a first as a first day articling student, quite literally. And it's notions that still kind of hold today as they did then, of, of first and foremost learning your craft and be a great lawyer, and and pay attention in the details and the ability. To take to, to be able to shine at every opportunity, and and those types of notions I like to instill in people uh, that work with me, and that I see that their ability to to care, to trust, uh, that I that they have my confidence. That's fantastic. So now we know you're a bit about your professional side. Let's step away, step away from that for a moment. So if you were to describe yourself without talking about law at all, how would you do that? It's another good question, and and sitting here thinking about it, one one word comes to mind. Um, I, I I like to help people. Yeah. I'm a helper, and and often I think in the practice of law, uh, what does a great lawyer do? And maybe we're going to talk about that in a bit more. A bit more. A great lawyer is a helper. Yeah. And with the staying away from the the, the lawyer side, sometimes sometimes what clients need is is not legal advice, but but other advice other help uh some sometimes they need a shoulder to cry on sometimes they need some moral support mm-hmm. sometimes they need some encouragement 
and and all part of that in my professional life and my personal life um, it's it's trying to to help people and include in that again kind of clients and friends and family yeah. uh, and 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 being there to uh, 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 when called and and from my understanding is that you also end up traveling a lot in I your do. current role. Yeah. So how do you actually find time for yourself, given you have a firm to manage, you have your family, and where, where do you find time for yourself? I, you should ask my wife that question <laughs> at times. Who kind of she asked me often the same question, and I'm never quite sure of the answer. Uh, so I'll, I'll respond in two ways. It, um, I, I at a partners meeting last year, I had said to partners. Um, we had to discuss, I can't even remember what it was to discuss. I said, I have so much to worry about. Uh, at times, it seems I divide my night into three segments. <laughs> I, first segment is I worry about my clients and my practice. And that's between the hours of 11 and 2 in the morning. Yeah. Between 2 and 4 in the morning, I devote to worrying about uh, the firm yeah. and what's going on and making sure people are uh, being taken care of. Uh, and then I have a little bit to worry about after that about family because we're all members of families and there's always things going on. You worry about family, whether it's whether it's aging parents or children or siblings. And then and then as I'm waking up, I got a couple of minutes to worry <laughs> about me. Um, so it is hard. It is That's a challenge. Sure. Uh, and I try and find and block out when I can yeah. uh, uh, quiet time. Yeah. Uh, of of not necessarily sitting in my office, but alone time. I'll say yeah. to kind of take a mental break, and I'll I'll walk to a nondescript restaurant. I like to sit at a at the bar at lunch and order a meal. Never, <laughs> rarely, if ever, a drink, but to sit and just kind of uh, alone and, and in quiet time. time. And and for me, and I know one of your other questions is kind of routines and exercise and so on, which is is so important. And and one of the things that of kind of the me time that I do is I, I, and everybody has to find their own rhythm in the day, but given the demands of my schedule, I, I, I say in practice, if I'm not up and doing something physical by 6 a.m. in the morning, it simply doesn't happen. Wow. So uh, the alarm goes off at 5.15. Yeah. Uh, and by 6 a.m., uh, I'm out uh, generally running. Okay. In the morning, in the winter, it's just too cold and I'm on a treadmill or yeah. an elliptical. But by 6 a.m., I'm out doing something. And I don't do it with music. I don't use headphones. I don't watch TV if I'm on a, if I'm on a treadmill. But that's my thinking time and yeah. quiet time and inspiration time, whether it's something, uh, again, client or firm-related or in my personal life of 40 minutes where nobody's bugging me and I can sit and think. And that, that is something that you do consistently every single I, day. I would say six out of seven days, yeah. I'm doing something active at six in the morning. So from six to 6.45, you're working out. And then do you have a schedule after that as well? Or do you, does that change based it, on the day? It, it, it changes based on the day. Uh, uh, you know, there could be a 7 or 7, 7.30 a.m. meeting, yeah. breakfast meeting kind of thing. So I, I, I have the good fortune to... As I jokingly say, live in a subway station. From my from my door to to the entrance of the subway is is maybe a forty seven second walk. Okay. And so I'm down on the subway, uh, which I find way way less stressful than driving in Toronto. I drove oh, for downtown sure. for years, uh, and and my time on the subway is to 
to read on my computer, which I've downloaded the Globe to Go, which yeah. is just the uh, the gr- a great thing. And and the day starts whether it's a seven thirty breakfast or a nine a.m. Uh, meeting, and the day will go in its own routine yeah. and pretty full. And 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 I try and watch and be careful of of night events. There's always something, but I try to. You know, two, three, three is tough. It's tough to be out three nights during, during a five night week. So kind of two, and you gotta you, you gotta pick your spots, and you gotta take care of you, and 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 make sure you're rested. Great. So we're gonna come, as you know, to talking a bit about your motivations, challenges. But before we do that, let's focus a bit on the start of your career. So for our audiences and listeners, if you can please describe where you went to law school and where did you do your articles. Sure. Um, so I grew, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, and after high school in Windsor, I stayed in Windsor for business school. I did two years in business school, and, and as, as I was then able to do, um, after two years, I applied to law schools. Okay. Uh, I probably have the all-time lowest LSAT score ever <laughs> of anyone to get in law school. Uh, and I only applied to one school, and I happened to get in, and that was the University of Windsor. Yeah. So I stayed in Windsor for another three years, uh, went to the law school, uh, and uh, and afterwards, uh, again, for articles, applied to and was accepted at uh, at, at the Smith Lyons Law Firm uh, in downtown Toronto. Uh, Smith Lyons uh, is now part of the Gowlings Law Firm, and, and I say often the only reason I got a job there is I just kept bugging uh, so much the two people who were running the student program. Uh, that they had no choice other than to hire me. And and is was this law firm also a commercial corporate? Corporate commercial. It was it was probably at the time around seventy or so lawyers. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, uh, in, and I practiced and did securities law uh, as I do now, and it was very 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 good firm, very well known firm, and and again now part of Cowens. And did you know when you were in law school, as you were coming out of law school, is that's the path you wanted to take for yourself, or you were still not sure? You were still trying to figure it out. Uh, in, in fact, it, it, at law school, uh, uh, up until the very end of law school, I figured I would never practice law. Oh, really? Uh, and and I, my my view is, if you ask a hundred lawyers, are they doing today what they thought they would be doing the the first moments in law school? I think it's split fifty fifty. You will yeah. find people that. Absolutely, they wanted as an example to be a litigator, and they went through law school and they're successful litigators today. And the other fifty are doing something completely different. For sure. At the time that I went to law school, I thought, to be honest, I would complete my business degree, which I never did, uh, and and become an accountant and get a CA with a legal background, yeah. and probably do tax. And uh, uh, what 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 was the game changer to me? The first step was. Uh, in in my last semester of third year law school, uh, I took a securities law course, okay. and it just seemed to gel, and it just seemed it came naturally. Okay, uh, and still at that time, and it was up until then, I think that the, the thinking changed that I would practice law, and at that point in time, still thought I would practice my new tax law. Uh, I spent a bit of time doing tax in the summer of my articling year. And, and I will remember the day forever uh, I was about to change rotations to the corporate group and working one night late in the library at Smith Lyons. And a, a young junior, uh, then young junior partner, found me in the library and threw a stack of papers on my desk. A guy named Stephen Coxford, who was 
truly one of my first mentors and, and somebody I keep in touch with to this day. And uh, Stephen uh, said, you're, you're moving into the corporate rotation next, next week. Read these. We're starting an IPO. Wow. And we were acting for then the underwriters for a, for a company that was doing a public, uh, an IPO. Yeah. And uh, I did that deal, and, and it was kind of that wow moment. That wow, is this cool? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so much for being a tax lawyer. <laughs> and um, and it was really from that moment on, I realized that it, that, that I wanted to be a securities lawyer. Right. That's, that's what I that's what I do. Wow. So mm-hmm. at that, so this is at the end of your or like this near would the have end been, of the articling. This, this would have been early in articling. I would have started articling in June. Yeah. And this would have been in September of that year. And I basically did securities law since uh, the rest of the articling year and since then. Wow. So, because the reason I'm asking you this question is a lot of students and even a lot of young lawyers are not able to make up their mind early on. Like you said, there are some students, they come to school knowing exactly what type of law they want to practice. And then there are others that have no idea. They come into law and they want to figure their path out. So if you had to give an advice to these students and young lawyers, what would your advice be for students who are not able to figure what is that one thing they really are passionate about? I, I think I think my best advice would be don't sweat it. It, it's yeah. going to come, and it's going to come, and you're going to have your wow moment as well. And don't get don't get worked up about it. Don't get um, uh, don't 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 fill yourself with anxiety of you're not sure what you're going to do. This this profession more and more is leading people in so many different directions. Yeah, uh, and and our abilities as lawyers and our way of thinking can do so many different things that you're going to know when you see it. And 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 indeed try and experiment and and learn as much as you can of a whole bunch of different areas until you find the one that you have that wow experience because you know I'm a big believer uh, we work we work very very hard in what we do. Demands put on us at times can can be can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a lawyer, as another, whatever other profession, uh, whatever you're doing, you need to be passionate about it. Yep. You need to have passion. And if you, if you don't have the passion to do it, you got to find something else, whether inside of law, traditional or non-traditional or outside of law, uh, to, to do it. Okay. Well, that's a really good advice, I think, for people who are starting off. Because I think when you're in school, you there's a sense of urgency that that comes comes in your mind also when you're starting off but i think it's good to know that things will fall into place you just have to give it time to find it yeah uh so while you were smith lines how long did you stay there and what was your process afterwards uh so so i i articled and was invited back as an associate at smith lines and i continued my career at smith lines uh through becoming a partner at Smith Lions, oh, wow. okay. and um, uh, and I moved to Steichman Elliott as a partner on April 1, 1997. And and well, it was April Fool's Day, <laughs> and I often say I'm not sure who the joke was on them them or me. Uh, but it was April 1, 1997, and I joined here to to in essence rejoin. Uh, a, f- a law partner from Stike- from Smith Lyons who had moved to the Vancouver office of Steichman Elliott a year before. Okay. Uh, and I was doing, at that point in time, more work with him sitting across three time zones than I was with people down the hall. And uh, uh, reunited with him in, in developing a, 
a junior uh, resource practice. Okay. And our timing, the theory was great. The timing couldn't have been worse uh, because it was two weeks after uh, Briex, uh, which was the biggest black eye in the Canadian mining in Canadian mining history, and it took a long time for that to recover. And so I came over to Steichman Elliott as a partner, uh, yeah. as a securities law partner with a emphasis in the mining sector, and shortly thereafter uh, found myself the head of the technology group. Oh, really? Uh, because uh, there was no mining to do, and all yeah. of the That's mining the companies years. became technology companies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was right before the dot com. That was right before. That was that was it. That that's yeah. what I presided through. Yeah. And well, you managed to get through it quite successfully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you were actually Smithline as a young lawyer, what were what would you say were some of the big hurdles that you had to overcome uh, for you to actually become the partner there and then be able to make the move to Steichman, if any? Um. So. It, in thinking about it, and, and I don't know whether it's a hurdle or not, but, but I always felt that uh, uh, surrounded by, I, was, I always felt I was surrounded by very, very, very smart people. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people who were, to be honest, way, way smarter than I am, than I was, than I am. Uh, and so to me, it, it was, how, how am I going to distinguish myself for my own career, for making up what I perceive to be, I'm just not as smart as these other people. And and maybe I am, maybe I'm I'm not. But but what my kind of view was, I had to work hard. Yeah, I had to work hard. I had to pour uh, what I had into it, and uh, and spend that extra time. Uh, whether it's kind of the hours working in the office, whether it's as, as it then was going home on a on a Friday night with the I used to go into the library and before it was even put on the stacks it was still kind of in a manila envelope yeah. uh, the Ontario Securities Commission bulletin from that week and I would take it home on Friday and read it and put it back Monday morning so I was up to date and it was again being the best lawyer that I could be and having as I call it the tushy power to sit in your chair and to do what's expected of us, and and between that and and being um, uh, pretty to very organized uh, of things and, and disciplined and an approach to getting things done, uh, I was able to get over my own perceived hurdles as not being the smartest one in the room. Yeah, uh, working well with people and going to get the help when that technical help was needed and. And really, really worked hard. Wow. Well, that's. I think that it's such an important lesson for everyone that, despite what you might perceive your strengths to be, weaknesses to be, hard work kind of trumps it all, right? It, 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 it's a base. I mean, you, you need to have some modest, uh, you know, abilities, of course. And yeah. I guess I passed that grade, but but it is, it is, it is the hard work. It is the hours and hours, whether. You're doing this and learning the law and being the best lawyer you can be, or whatever other discipline you were in. No different, like uh, no different, like uh, uh, professional and high-end athletes that they're learning your craft. Mm-hmm. That's so, what you're doing. so apart from your professional life at that point in time, when you're focused so hard on work and trying to become the best lawyer possible, were there anything else that you were doing in your personal life to set yourself 
uh, for success in the future? Um, at, at the time, like many people, I found myself uh, uh, married around the same time as as I started uh, as an associate. Okay. Uh, my uh, my wife and I had two young kids, kind of at times shortly thereafter, and so there's a lot of pressures. For sure, there's there's family pressures, and everybody has those family pressures. And I had the support of my wife. Uh, uh, to do it, and it wasn't always easy on her. It wasn't always easy on me, and 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 for a long time, uh, and I, I was thinking about this last week. Sadly, at, at attending a funeral, uh, there was a group of young associates at Smith Lions, all in the same boat, and we had so many dinners together in a boardroom uh, over those years. Probably more than we had with our own families. We had asked, we had asked the firm, could they please put a glass table. Or a, gla- a glass, a piece of glass on the de- on the on the um, boardroom table, so we didn't ruin it from the hot food. And that was our dining room. And somebody would walk around every night, and who's staying, and what are we going to eat that night for dinner? Wow. Uh, so there was there was some there there was certainly you had to give up some things. Um, uh, and and it's it's easy to kind of quickly get out of shape and not be as healthy as one can be mm-hmm. uh, in in circumstances like that. And, and I, and and did I go too overboard? Yeah, I probably did in retrospect. Uh, and it's finding that balance, and and it's something it's something always to keep in mind. And probably not answering the questions of of how did my personal life help me, as opposed to acknowledging that 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 for a period of time, I, to be honest, my personal life probably suffered. Yeah, but no, I think that's very fair though. Because uh, let me ask you: Do you think it is possible as a junior lawyer uh, to live a balanced life do you think that's even a possibility i think i i, I use the word at, at at times it's not balancing it's it's at times juggling yeah there is no perfect balance one there's always going to be one would one would think over times there's going to be more than x than y uh and and while you're in it um uh you, you don't necessarily see the other piece but uh, but over a period of time, that's balance. At the time, it's juggling. Yeah. Uh, you need good support systems around you. Uh, you, you, whether whether that's family uh, or whether that's other other paid support systems in terms of assistance with childcare, uh, as as the big one that 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 people face. Um, and 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 you, you need to reach out and you need to come up with something that works. Kind of for you and your family situation. Is it possible? Yeah, it is. Is it hard? Yeah, it is hard. So when you were going through that time, I'm sure there were times when you felt like the motivation wasn't as I had as it would be on good times, right? What What were some things that you did to keep that motivation level uh, that allowed you to push forward every single day and work hard every single yeah, and, day? And I'd be lying to say you could and you can't every single day. And yeah. I, I remember, and I'm not sure why, but I do remember, as you're asking the question, a senior partner calling me in one night, uh, or we were in his office talking, and he leaned into me and he said, "He said, Jay, you're not firing on all cylinders, are you?" Yeah. And and again, I can't remember why, but I'm sure I wasn't. And so, it, it, it's impossible. You can't ask a an Olympic hundred meter sprinter to be ready for the Olympic finals every single day, 365 days a year. It's impossible. Yeah. So you need to take breaks, you need to recharge, and you need to have the discipline to do that. And and even during those years, I was still able, 
you know, to take holiday time with family uh, and to go away. Um, so it, it's it's not possible, yeah. and and I think you can't you can't think that it is possible. You need breaks. You need to recharge, and whatever your recharging thing is, whether whether it's sitting at home with family, whether it's travel, whether it's sport, whether it's getting involved in your community, you need the outlet and you need to be able to do it. That's a very solid advice. And in similar lines, there's the other thing that, a question that we get asked all the time and emails that we get is in regards to stress. Because stress is something that stays throughout your life and sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less and each person has their own stress management system, whether it's family, like you said. Did you have something in place back then and even now that allows you to manage stress? Um, some people might say that I don't manage stress, um, but I think we all manage it in different ways. I think there's the, uh, the, the obvious ones. I, I, think, I think a healthy lifestyle goes a long way yeah. uh, to, to managing stress. And so that is exercise. And for me, it's, it's the quiet time. It, it, I find exercise is the outlet, not just for the, for the, for the body when doing it, but it, again, as I said earlier, the quiet time to just have myself and, and, and sit and think, and that de-stresses. Uh, it's finding the routines that work for you. And when your body works better, whether it's early morning or late at night. Uh, uh, and, and I think it's, it's, uh, there, there's, there's a book that I read recently, um, that, that I often think of as the acronym, it related to a, a, a question asked of a winning football coach at a, a, some U.S. school, which I can't remember and it's not really relevant, uh, uh, when, when asked to comment on, on why his team performed so well year over year. And he had an acronym, is called he referred to it as WIN, W-I-N. Mm-hmm. And the WIN wasn't for, well, we win, as opposed to what is important now what's important now and and i try to think about that often especially in stressful situations of of being targeted being focused on what's important now and try and remove the other distractions yeah and that includes things like i and i'm still tempted to do it and sometimes i fail but 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 in meetings the blackberry stays in the pocket it's it doesn't sit on the desk so I can see it beeping or hearing it. It stays in the pocket, so I'm not focused on that as opposed to focused on the conversation. Yeah, It's when on a conference call the computer monitor is in off, so I'm not looking at emails as they come in. So it, it's, it's, it's always, it's never 100% fail-proof, but, but focusing on what's important now, leaving the other things to later, uh, can, uh, can help in, in de-stressing Sure. And I think that's really critical now, given all the technology sources that we have Correct. that are constantly... We're just constantly distracted and bombarded. And yeah. could talk for hours about little tricks like that and turning... I don't like to hear beeps. I turn the sound off on the computer and my BlackBerry. I don't want to I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it every five <laughs> seconds as, as it pings. Yeah. Um, so that, that it's little things like that. When I started taking the subway in, as opposed to driving, to be honest, de-stressed me. Oh, yeah. And it's quiet time to sit on the subway... I always get a seat where I am. I come in early and read the paper as opposed to fuming in traffic, worrying about traffic, how long it's going to take me. Yeah. I take the, the new, uh, when I go to the airport from downtown, the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so I just don't have to worry about 
How long is traffic going to be? And what's the gardener going to look like? And what's the weather? I hop on the train and it just de-stresses me. So I think we can all find little things like that in our own personal lives uh, to take out of the equation of things that get you wound up. Fantastic. So thank you for sharing all of these beautiful pieces of wisdom. So in conclusion, if you had to give two pieces of advice to some somebody coming out of school, young lawyer, what would they be? Um, if you're focused on this profession, and it's a great profession, uh, it takes a lot of discipline. And I would say you, you need to be find your passion, be passionate about what you do. Uh, and and that that's the number one key. And the second key would be as you go through your career, take advantage, don't expect anything, but take advantage of the opportunities. And a huge amount of that comes from uh, engaging with people around you, whether they're your colleagues or clients or even people on the other side of a transaction, to engage in the, with them in the task at hand, uh, I will assure you, is the ticket to success. And 20 years later, you will be that 20-year overnight success. Fantastic. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Jay, for taking the time. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career Advancing Advice, right to your earbuds.